0: Warning, the following presentation contains information that might contradict what you have previously heard or believed to be true about how the human body works, and contains material that is not suitable for closed-minded individuals.
1: Enjoy. Okay, so we're recording again. So yeah, so, so fad diets, or, um, fad diets and eating issues and binge eating in particular. So one of the issues that can, that can come about For people who do uh, large cutting and large gaining issues, like with like the bodybuilders, is Mm -hmm. susceptibility to binge eating.
2: Yeah. So for competitors, since we're on a very low calorie, low diet, high cardio, what tends to happen with the most competitors that I've talked to, they have like right after a show, they suffer from binging, binge eating. and you know typically we we go out of competition with a program to slowly increase our calories back up to maintenance but it's unfortunate some people have like they're mentally hungry so they just end up binging and all of that and it's not good
1: no it's (laughs) It's not not good
2: for the body yeah
1: no, it's not. And one of the things that happens, and so this is where we have two things we have to worry about within the the binge eating issues, is that um, we can have issues with people who would who would have eating disorder issues because of just normal physiological issues, and mm-hmm. then you toss into the fact that they're a competitor, and competition adds an, another layer of psychological stuff.
2: Right. Yeah so I did suffer from a restrictive binge eating disorder maybe a year or two ago and I still decided to compete you know. Um, It was very hard on myself and my coaches like I don't want to go too low because it will trigger me. Um, And after my first competition I did end up binge eating like not necessarily like the week after but i'd say maybe four weeks after i that's when it happened and you know my teammates they also suffered from that and we were all like dang like this freaking sucks yeah it's hard um, yeah
1: it is and within the, the binge eating there's a whole bunch of hormonal and neuro and neurological issues that that can can come into play mm. And so, when you look at the binge eating issues, there is a number of factors that, that can come into play that you can actually compensate for. Okay. Athletes also are susceptible to binge eating issues, and that has to deal with the neurological regulation, the neurological control of eating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact that neurological control of eating is linked with reward center response
0: mm-hmm.
1: within the brain. And so, When when anything is linked with reward center response in the brain, if I have addictive qualities in my life, I'm apt to fall into something that's going to try to trigger that addictive response. Mm. And and so eating can become an an addictive response. Right. And binge eating is one of the eating disorders that gets linked with people who have addictive personality issues.
2: So, like ADHD per se,
1: per se, yeah. So, ah. so pe- people who have attention deficit issues, yeah, have addictive personality issues as well. They're trying to find mm-hmm. something to kind of regulate a fixation, right? That they have. So, a lot of people get this misconception of, of ADD is oh, squirrel, I'm distracted by a squirrel. Mm. Where, mm-hmm. where, like, ADD people is like, oh, there's a, there's a squirrel. What kind of squirrel is it? I'm going to go spend the next 55 minutes trying to figure out what kind of squirrel this is. Oh, it's climbing up a tree. What kind of tree is it? I'm going to spend the next 50 minutes trying to figure out what kind of tree that happens to be.
0: Right.
1: As opposed to where everybody thinks that attention deficit issue is getting distracted by everything in the where it's not is you're not getting distracted by stuff. You're getting fixated on stuff that you're not that you should not be fixated on.
2: Yeah, Piper fixations. I have those.
1: Yeah, and so yeah. yeah. So so people with the people with ADD issues. Will have fixation issues
0: mm-hmm.
1: that gets exacerbated with stress with stress response, mm-hmm. and so one of the things that happens for people who are doing large amounts of weight gain, weight loss,
0: mm-hmm.
1: cutting, gaining, is that you start to fall into an addictive trap, mm-hmm. where okay, my goal is this, and my goal is, in terms of weight, to reach that weight point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to keep doing, and I'm going to keep doing, and I'm going to keep doing it until I reach that plate point. And then once I get it, I get this reward response. Mm-hmm. For the bodybuilders, the reward response is the adulations that they get by being on stage doing their posing. Yep. The the everything leading up into that is the is basically gambling, where you're you're gambling in order to get a reward, or to get a reward, or in order to get the reward you're Mm -hmm. not necessarily doing it in order to get the belt and the crown yeah you're simply doing it to get the the adulations the social acceptance of doing Mm -hmm. what you're doing
2: yep so in in my head i'm like i like competing because i love being on stage Mm -hmm. you know yep (laughs) Um, and and
1: so what up happening is that is that you fall into that addictive pattern yeah
2: everyone says competing like that is addictive mm
1: -hmm. and well competing in general is addictive
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: And so so what is up happening? So for we'll use your avenue of competition, bodybuilding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That same issue in terms of binge eating following the competition mm-hmm. can be seen with with other performance based off of body image, like mm-hmm. actors. Mm. Actors and actors, actresses, however you want to label the the male, female acting. Okay. They have to do the same type of thing that you as a bodybuilder have to do in order to look a specific way for a specific role.
2: Uh, right.
1: And their wire, their addiction, is to get that same adulation. They, mm. want, they want the crowd to say, hey, you did a great job. Yeah. Everybody wants, everybody wants that in terms of, of their drive. Everybody does something in order to get adulations, in order to get the reward response coming coming back to them. Mm, uh-huh. When it gets linked with eating, we can have eating disorders that can come about. Mm. Where for the actor, and, and the whether it's male or female, you can fall into the anorexic issues. Mm. The bodybuilders can also fall into the anorexic issues. Yep. But what is it happens that usually as up happens when you come out of that anorexic phase is uh-huh. that you go into a binge phase yeah, or you go from a binge phase into an anorexic phase. And so what is up happens? Usually you'll have like a gain or a bulk cycle for the, yep. for the, the bodybuilder. Uh-huh. That bulk cycle is going to be followed by a cut cycle
0: uh-huh.
1: as opposed to, okay, I'm going to, I know I have 52 weeks to, to train for this competition. And instead of utilizing that fifty-two weeks to, to appropriately periodize out your diet and your training regimen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you you follow into okay, I'm going to bulk, 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 cut, 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 cut. cut, cut yeah. And then competition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas if if you did it where how we're trying to deal with a lot of weight class athletes now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where we're trying to find okay, what is the optimal weight for you to compete at,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then everything around diet. Nutrition exercise is built around, okay, what is the optimal body mass for the, for the person?
0: Mm-hmm. What is the
1: optimal body fat for the person? Now, for the bodybuilder, there's something that's, that's going to come into play there is that your optimal body fat during competition is well below what your optimal body fat is for the rest of the time.
0: Mm.
1: And that's where, that's where we start having huge swings in nutrition. Leading into competition that we won't see in other types of weight limit competitions, whether it's athletic competitions or performance competitions, acting, bodybuilding, fall into like the performance competition, whereas Mm -hmm. like wrestling, boxing, uh, MMA competitions where there's weight classes is going to fall into an athletic competition where Mm -hmm. you're going to be doing something in terms of movement. Competition versus doing something where people are viewing your body in terms of competition, mm. and so when we're dealing with the the weight class athlete, we're going to have a, a minimal threshold that we want their body fat to be, and we don't want them to be below that body fat. Where we're going to try to do everything possible to have weight loss come from the body fat while gaining muscle mass, gaining bone mass. Along the training cycle with the bodybuilder, we don't want to have huge swings in body fat. We want to, we want to keep you relatively normal body fat Mm
0: -hmm.
1: during the training. Mm -hmm. And then within the eight weeks prior to training, if we want to do this in terms of, in terms of good physiological cutting, we'll take an eight week period of time and slowly start to change diet without changing huge amounts of your training. Mm to get the body fat change that we see what we can elicit from other populations mm. where by simply doing by simply changing one of the cogs of overall body, body composition, body size, body morphology, by changing one of the cogs, the dietary cog, the social cog, the um, exercise physiological cog, the genetic cog. We really can't do much about the genetics because genes are kind of they're not really fixed, but all we can do is modify whether they're being overactive or underactive.
0: Mm.
1: Where if we change one of the cogs within the machinery, we're able to to get changes in overall body image, body competition. And so if we do it the way in which we do it with other populations, the people who are trying to lose weight. Because basically that's what you're trying to do into competition. Yeah. Is you're trying to not lose muscle mass, but lose other mass.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, what we can do is we can make changes within dietary regimen and we can make changes within training regimens that will try to elicit a response to get a response that's going to keep muscle mass, keep bone mass around while allowing for loss of fat mass.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where we have to be careful that we're not consuming excessive amounts of distinct types of. Food products in that where and this is where we have to be careful for the people who going back to our earlier conversation about the vegan mm-hmm. the vegan and the vegetarian we have to be very careful in terms of protein source not to have an excessive amount of soy yeah as the basis for our protein source
0: uh-huh.
1: because soy has a, an estrogen-like chemical within it
0: mm-hmm.
1: that can interfere with normal estrogen cycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's male or female, yes, males have estrogen in cycling It's just that with the male, the estrogen cycling gets gets blunted, gets blocked by the amount of testosterone that's there. But if I'm overconsuming soy, what is up happening is I now have extra estrogen-like chemicals in circulation, mm-hmm. which will trigger estrogen-like responses, even though I have, even though I should have normal estrogen levels for whether male or female. Mm. And that's where we can have what's referred to as an endocrine like response or an endocrine disruption response from the diet, from eating the excess amounts of soy as my principal protein source. And that's where, if I'm going to start to say cut animal product from my diet in an attempt to cause the weight change, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my protein sources are things like the nuts and the legumes. The beans, other plant source proteins,
0: mm-hmm.
1: along with the, the tofu, the, the soy. Mm-hmm. Because it's very hard to find, in terms of protein rich plants, the soy t- typically has the highest amount of protein within it, which means I have to eat the least amount of it in order to get the amount of protein that I need. But the problem with that is, is that once again, goes back to what we're talking about in terms of the, the binge eating aspect, is that I come out of competition Yep, and I come out of competition and it's okay. I've gotten the fix that I need. I've made it. Here's my reward. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to have reward be an immediate. I'm going to go and have a feast. Okay. You don't want to go and say, okay, we're going to go celebrate and have five cakes and four pints of ice cream and a, six racks of ribs and on and on and on okay because what that's going to do is that's going to trigger me to want to eat that same amount every meal
0: oh because
1: i'm seeing that as a reward okay i've made it here's my reward
0: now if if i do it
1: as in terms of a celebration That's something that's completely separate. But if I'm done with the competition, I go back to my hotel room and I order all of this room service. And I just start gorging myself. Two things happen. One is I start to trigger overeating as a normal pattern of response. Mm. Or I can trigger overeating as a normal pattern of response. Okay. The other problem is, is that if I have been excessively restrictive in my diet for too long, I've had changes within the digestive tract mm-hmm. that reduces the movement ability of the, of the digestive tract. So the, what we call motility, mm-hmm. the ability for stuff to move through the digestive system,
0: through right. the
1: digestive tract, gets, gets compromised. Uh-huh. And it can cause issues for the person. It can cause distress within their, within their digestive tract right within their intestines within their stomach mm-hmm. that can lead to issues for them mm-hmm. it's not so it's not a, not necessarily super serious but it can cause distress
2: yeah so for most competitors you know they are always like after my show you know i'm gonna go celebrate like finally i can eat
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to me I'm like, no, like that's, that is triggering because now you're finally like out of here. Like you, you still should follow a plan. So it's, it's not triggering because once you're in a binge like that, once you start, it is very, very
1: hard to stop. It it is. And that once again, it's because what you're doing is is you're setting yourself up. So what keeps me, what starts me eating, what stops me eating and particularly within the nervous system, are, sw- are swings of dopamine and serotonin.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: dopamine and serotonin swings within the reward center of the brain. hmm And so, what ends up happening is this: is where you get into you get into real issues with the, with the binge eating. This is where when we do start treatments for people with binge eating issues, there are there are drugs that we can give people who have binge eating disorders.
2: Is one of them vitamin? hmm
1: Yep. And so we can't we can treat the binge eating disorder by by basically treating the responsiveness to the neurotransmitters. Mm. But the problem is, is that, and it goes into doing any type of drug treatment for any type of psychological response right if i don't treat the behavior i'm gonna, i'm going to be stuck on the drug and the drug effectiveness is going to start to drop
0: yeah oh yeah yeah
1: and so what we need to have happen is we need to change the way in which eating reward comes about okay and it goes into the anorexia issue it goes into the binge Issue, and this is where it goes into where you have this kind of. Here is my year plan. Okay. And so, most people do the bodybuilding stuff. Mm -hmm. Are competing once, maybe twice a year. Yep. And so that once, twice a year, if you actually calendar and periodize your training, and calendar and periodize your diet, Mm -hmm. you can you can negate. You can kind of. Not really stop, but slow down the binge response that can come from following the competition. Because you've starved yourself, you've starved yourself, you've starved yourself. And this goes into something we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago in terms of the carbo-loading issue. Okay. If I am going to cut and carb-load heading into a competition, Uh I can use that to start to slow the responsiveness to... I'm starving. I need to eat
0: um, because I
1: can use the 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 nutrient slurry in the carb load to start to offset. I'm starving. Uh, okay. Particularly if you do it in and around when the competitions happen.
0: Mm.
2: So, also along with. In the past, I've had a cutting phase and we would have me do refeeds every week, like one day a week, high mm-hmm. calorie. Is that something that's also helpful to um, reduce the binge eating after a show? It's like a cheat there's, meal, but yeah,
1: I'm, i Yeah, yes, but there's a caveat, just like with everything. If you have any type of addictive personality issues or addictive behavior issues, having that recoup day okay. can come into being a reward where oh. anytime you do cut, you automatically have binge following. And we have to be very careful here in terms of terminology before we move any further here. Okay. Binge is excessive consumption over multiple repeated days.
2: Yeah, in a short period of time.
1: Yeah, with with yeah. It's, it's it's multiple multiple overconsumptions typically within a 72 hour window mm-hmm. or multiple consumptions of multiple days over a week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. is the is the general idea behind bingeing. Yeah. And so if I spend so I cut I cut I cut I cut I cut and then I spend one day on a refeed as, as, as you, as you stated it, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as long as I'm not over consuming on the refeed, I'm not going to have an issue. Okay. However, if my over, if, and this is where we have to, we'll get into another uh, point here on, on cheat meals here. If my, my refeed is excessive consumption. And excessive consumption of all of the foods that I see as being reward foods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I have issues that can come.
0: Mm.
1: If post competition, I'm going to reward myself with all of the foods that I've been cutting out of my diet for the last two months. Yeah. And I'm going to overeat on, let's say my competition is on a Saturday.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm going to overeat Saturday night. I'm going to overeat Sunday. And I'm going <sighs> to feel really bad on Monday. But I'm, so I'm not going to overeat. Yeah but I'm starting to feel a little bit better, but I still want to reward myself on Tuesday. And so yeah. I overeat again. I'm uh-huh. binging at that point in time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, is...
1: and, and so this, this is where what, what you want to do is if you start to reintroduce foods that you've been selectively removing from your diet, you want to reintroduce them in very small portions so that they are yep. not seen as a reward, but uh-huh. simply seen as being part of your meal. Mm-hmm. The problem with most binge consumptions, whether it's binge eating or binge drinking, because usually those are the two types of binges that we have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're binging, you're getting a reward from doing the activity. And yeah. so if you're going to overconsume foods, you're going to overconsume foods that you tend to see as being rewarding in themselves. Mm hmm. And this is where people on your team and people within your your social network, that are all going to be competing in the next couple of weeks. If they're going to reintroduce food, the reintroduction of food needs to be in very small portions as part of the overall meal and not seen psychologically, not Mm -hmm. seen cognitively as here is my reward for doing this. It's simply Mm -hmm. "Here's, here's part of the food within the meal. Because mm-hmm. if I'm going to give myself a reward in terms of food, I'm going to repeat the behavior that gave me the reward for the food
2: right it's, it's,
1: it's pure in terms of psychology it's pure behaviorism it's it's oh. skin it's it's Skinner 101 in terms of behavioral modification. It goes mm-hmm. back into if uh, in your psychology classes everybody talks about Pavlov's dogs-
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the and the salivary response. Yeah, and I ring the bell and I give them food. If I ring the bell and I give forty or food, he's gonna get he's gonna salivate.
0: Yeah.
1: If I ring the bell and give him food, he's gonna salivate. What's gonna happen is that the dog slowly starts to associate the bell with food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. And anytime I get food, I start I start to salivate. And so, what what Pavlov noted is that there is a psychological response that leads to a physiological response. The psychological yeah. response of Hearing the bell leads to the physiologic response of salivating. And Skinner basically said that we can change behaviors through reward responses. We can get somebody to behave the way we want them to behave. Mm -hmm. If we set up a a pattern of rewards for good behaviors and a pattern of negative rewards, we can think of as Mm -hmm. punishment for bad behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so... What we want to try to do is we want to try to make sure that when we start to reintroduce foods after severe cuts, we don't do it with the mindset of here is the reward for doing this. Mm, Because if I I see the reward for doing this as being food, I'm going to constantly be trying to get that reward if I happen to have an addictive personality issue, an addictive Mm. behavior issue. Which everybody who's ever been a com- competitive person mm-hmm. has. Even if, yeah. they, even if they claim, oh, I don't have it. <laughs> everybody who's done competition has that mm-hmm. addictive personality, has that addictive behavior. Because they're doing the competition to get the reward.
2: Yeah. So then, to end that topic off, what would you suggest for me after I do the show?
1: Well, once again, we have to go back and start looking, okay. To well, a- Avoid binge eating. And, and and that's where it's it's about reintroducing the foods, but not reintroducing foods with the idea of here is the reward for doing the competition.
0: Okay.
1: It's hey, I've gotten through this. Here's my food. I'm going I'm back to being able to normally eat again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And okay. I'm simply gonna have
0: normal meal. Okay. And I'm
1: gonna have normal meal and I'm going to have normal meal and I'm going to have normal meal. And this is where if you're if you're following an intermittent fasting approach or if you're following a time restricted approach heading into competition,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you want to reintroduce food within that time restricted fashion or within that intermittent fasting fashion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where if I'm doing intermittent fasting where it's 3 days no food,
0: one day binge, one day
1: overconsumption. Yeah two days fasting over consumption type of intermittent fasting or intermittent fasting is I'm going to be restrictive, 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 normal, restrictive, 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 normal. Right. Yeah. And so one of the things that you're talking about is, is the feedback uh, response Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where you are able to get back to normal eating. And so when you Mm -hmm. get back to normal eating, what you're following is you're following an intermittent fasting uh-huh. So the intermittent fasting plan is where I'm going to be restrictive in my diet for 72 hours or so. Within that 72 hours, it's either I'm very restrictive where I'm not eating very much at all, to I'm not eating at all. And, uh-huh. then, that, and, and then at the end of that 48 to 72 hours, I then have a normal day of eating, which is what you were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. That is intermittent fasting, and there's nothing wrong with intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting has been shown to have very good positive benefits to it, both met, both metabolically as well as in terms of body composition. Time-restricted eating is what most people think about when they, when they hear the word intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. where I'm going to eat everything I possibly can eat within this six-hour window of the day, and then I fast the rest of the day.
2: That's, I think that's called a, like a one-meal-a-day diet. Yeah, like they have a, a whole thing. they, they yeah. have a whole bunch
1: of names. They have a whole bunch of names for all these for all these things. It's a yeah. it's a fad. It's a fad in terms mm-hmm. of that. But what the time restricted time restricted eating is basically saying is that okay, out of twenty four hours, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat for twelve to eighteen hours.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: most restrictive goes up to twenty hours. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of the day, I'm going to eat, and I'm going to eat without restriction. Yeah. That's time restricted eating. That's that, that. Unfortunately, is what most people think about when they think intermittent fasting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're, if you think about, once again, this is a whole generational discussion. Generationally, we used to talk about three square meals a day. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, dinner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Breakfast, lunch, dinner is time restricted eating. I'm going to mm-hmm. eat from six to seven. I'm going to eat from from eleven thirty to 1.30. I'm going to eat from 5:30 to to 6:30. Mm-hmm. The rest of the day I'm going to fast. That's mm-hmm. time restricted eating. That's time restricted feeding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've gone away. We got away from that when we started talking about having multiple small meals throughout the day. Yep. But even then, you were still following a time restricted eating. Okay, I'm going to have a small mm-hmm. meal at 5 a.m. I'm going to have a small meal at 9 a.m. I'm going to have a small meal at 11 a.m. So on and so forth. Yeah, But if we want to, to kind of restrict the um, onset of the binge eating following competition,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what we have to do is we have to somehow change the reward responses from mm-hmm. food reward to other reward. Where it's like, okay. hey, I got done with this competition. I don't have to do this type of exercise for a little while. I can do another type of exercise that I really like. Ah, uh, okay. Before we change one behavior. So, so when we talk about behaviorism,
0: mm-hmm. when we talk
1: about behavioral responses, if we want to get rid of a bad behavior, what we mm-hmm. have to do is we have to change behavior for behavior. Okay. And so when we talk about behavioral modification, lifestyle mm-hmm. modification, what we're really doing is we're changing what we don't want, what we do want. Yep. And when we change that, If we can get the person to to have buy-in, that is, they're selecting what they're doing, Mm -hmm. then it's going to hold. It's it's something where they're not going to be coerced into having to do that behavior. And so if we want to get rid of the binging after the competition, it's doing something else besides having food within that, which can become problematic because if everybody is in an excessive cut phase. Yeah. They're in a feedback loop physiologically that is saying you have to eat. And then I have that cognitive drive, because once again, within feeding along with a whole bunch of other things that deal with the brain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can cognitively drive myself to want to eat, but I can also cognitively drive myself to not want to eat. Hmm. But if, if every meal I've seen people just gorging themselves, but uh-huh. while I'm starving myself, uh-huh. I'm going to want to eat if I'm around food. Mm. But what I can do is I can make it so it's a very small meal for everybody, whether it's a, whether it's someone in competition or the people who are there as their support network, family, right. friends,
0: yeah.
1: or instead of having this big, huge celebratory meal, uh-huh. hey, we're gonna have this. We're gonna have this small meal, just as a as a celebration to say we're we've done this, we've gone through this, we're gonna have movie night
0: Mm, mm
1: -hmm. we're going to do something besides try to try to gorge ourselves Mm. well hey we're going to have movie night and we're going to have the popcorn
0: okay
1: something that's something that's small both in terms of caloric content Uh but it's big in terms of reward response
2: So in the past, you know, my friend was like, yeah, I was cutting for this competition. And then she was telling me I would look at food all day. I would like look at food accounts and watch them and my mouth water. And I like I look up recipes. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's also being mentally hungry.
1: Exactly. And that, that would that... lead to
2: more binging.
1: It, it, it increases the likelihood of having a binge response.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: And that's where what you want to do is, is, it's very similar to, and once again, I don't like using this. And so it's an analogy, I don't like using the analogy, but I'm going to use the analogy because what everybody understands. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to get rid of drugs. You cannot cut cold turkey
0: mm-hmm.
1: and have it be successful. It's Mm -hmm. just like cutting, you don't, when you, and by cutting, we're talking about cutting weight. We're not talking about doing any of the actual knife cutting stuff. Yeah. When we're cutting for weight, if we do it slow and gradual, it is Mm -hmm. not a punishment and it's not seen as a punishment. Yep. But if it's done in a drastic fashion, which is Mm -hmm. how a lot of competitors do it, Mm -hmm. it becomes something where it becomes a punishment. Becomes a negative reward. Mm. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to get rid of the negative reward and get the positive reward. Mm. And that's where I'm going to look at cooking recipes. And the cooking recipes give me a fix, once again, using the drug analogy. Yeah. It gives me the fix. But it's not the same as getting the drug. Once again, it's an analogy here. Or not saying I'm not, I'm not equating the two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the behaviorism is the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, what we want to do is we want to, we want to change the perception. And by changing the perception, we're able to shift behavior. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, this is not something that can be done in a week or two weeks prior to competitions. It's something where you have to sit down, you have to figure okay, here are my competitions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to periodize, I have to, to look at. How I'm changing my exercise and my dietary, my nutrition over the calendar year, so that I'm at optimal performance on this one specific day. And then on this one specific day without overburdening myself. Because what's up happening is that if I'm overcutting, if I'm over restrictive. Yep. Because something happened within my training cycle that made it where I couldn't reach, where I couldn't get a goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to be where I have to double down on the restrictiveness. Mm-hmm. And when I, when it comes to nutrition, if I'm starving myself, I mm-hmm. get a whole bunch of hormonal swings. In particular, I get hypoglycemic swings.
0: Okay.
1: Which causes the mammillary body within the brain to start sending out angry signals. And those angry signals is what causes me to have my moodiness. The hangry Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that everybody gets when they feel like they're starving themselves. Mm -hmm. People who are are in excessive weight cut phase
0: Mm -hmm.
1: are even hangrier. Mm-hmm. Because of the swings that are taking place within my fuels, where I can make those same swings, those same changes in terms of body mass, mm-hmm. without being excessively restrictive, if I make correct changes in the macronutrient balance that I have.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Where I can cut, I can cut weight without having to excessively cut caloric balance issues. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's where if I'm looking at cutting fat, becoming excessively ketogenic
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the month leading into competition mm-hmm. may be more beneficial to me than being normal and then excessive cut.
0: Mm-hmm. Excessive okay. restriction yeah.
1: in terms of total calories, in terms of total nutrients, uh-huh. where I can keep my nutrients relatively stable, shift my carbohydrate balance, become ketogenic or shift What fuels? What sources? My food is towards a more vegetarian diet, Mm -hmm. which is going to cause changes within the the macronutrient balance without becoming excessively restrictive.
2: Mm. Yeah, so I I told my coach like, hey, like I don't. We can't cut down food like extremely fast. We have to slow it down. I don't want to. It's it's hard mentally even.
1: You're right, it is hard mentally. And that's where we have to look at how we go about setting the dietary standards that we're going to follow during the training phases and within the uh, weeks leading into the competitions that we're going to have for like the bodybuilders or for those that are going to be using dietary restrictions to make weight. Where if we're able to change our perspective, we're able to kind of mitigate, slow down, nullify the binge response that might come about due to all of the cognitive changes that might occur during the dietary phases so that we're able to have a good response. And by good, we're talking about the behavioral response that we're looking at so that we're not going to have this Kind of big change in mental approach to dietary restriction so that we can go ahead and not have to worry about, or at least reduce the worry that people will succumb to binging following the prolonged diet. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we had as relates to some of the dietary aspects and patterning of food intake relating to things that might impact binge response. We will have future conversations on various topics related to fad diets coming up soon.